Hi guys, welcome to episode 3. Today's episode I sort of just talk a little bit about, um, you know, player transfers and, and whether the game will ever be in a stage where owners or the, the clubs or coaches can just trade a player, just a straight trade, has nothing to do with the player, um, whether the NRL will ever be like that at some stage. I uh, talk about a few front rows for the game um, and a few little side-tracky things that just sort of pop up as they do. Anyway, um, I'm downloading, I'm doing this podcast on an app called Anchor and that actually allows us to interact with each other as well. It allows me to launch the podcast on your Spotify, your Google Podcast and uh, it's on Apple iTunes or Podcast or whatever it's called these days. Um, get around it, share, subscribe, like, tag, hashtag. But also, if you download the app, you can actually interact. Now, throughout the podcast, I actually throw out a couple of questions here and there. Uh, they are rhetorical, but they can definitely be answered. They're rhetorical because that's just how the podcast has been. Um, but, um, yeah, do you, you can actually interact with us. Send, send in your questions. Answer my questions. I'll answer your questions. Anyway, hopefully you guys enjoy the show. Peace. Take it away. Currently, there's a conversation that going about mid-season transfers or teams being able to pass players on or players being able to opt out of contracts and, and, and all that jazz. One thing I always find interesting is the idea that it is a professional world sport um, and in the NRL they like to say that you know we deserve to make the amount of money we make for whatever reason it is valid or not valid and when I say that does I mean I do think it's valid but if there is an argument to say that's not actually valid I can listen to it I want to hear what that has to entail but when it genuinely comes to making the most amount of money, you have to adapt new models. Or, why is it doing it? Well, and simple, you know. The slide defence works for so long, then you got to change. But interesting enough, I think, for you to sort of, uh, and I don't know, but... For you to sort of say that the slide defence that was a defensive pattern at the time, I think you'd have to be sort of like, you wouldn't have to really know too much to understand that there was such a thing as a slide defence. I think nowadays defensive styles and patterns and combinations and how it all unfolds, I think it's, it's all about fluidity and understanding specific scenarios in the field. I'd be interested to understand or know or find out whether or not that's the idea of a, like, that's the sort of motif or the way that it's explained in in trying to teach the new, or the defensive style, I don't know, whatever the term they use, structure. Uh, they'd like to implement and surely it's it's malleable or it changes depending on how far away out from the trial line you know like 
Darius Boyd doesn't necessarily, unless he's king chasing, but doesn't necessarily defender that defender when opposition teams are working, rocking it out now. I think actually when I say that, I sort of start to get visions of him sort of putting shots on, on opposing teams and they're inside that 10, 20 metre zone and he's like, I can't rip an air, blah, blah, So he might do it, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's very, very much planned out about the distance towards the trial line or the, the distance away from the trial line and understanding what you can get away with and what you're specifically trying to achieve at either ends of the footy field in defence and in attack. What they're throwing at you, where they're throwing it at you, <clears throat> or if it's not like that, do they talk about now we just we just lock down defense or we just work on every play the ball? We, as you know what I mean, you know where it's like the old traditional idea of thinking where it's just we just you know we pick up all the scraps, we don't leave any stone unturned and all that stuff and. To, to, to be doing a fluid defensive structure from trial on to trial on, you need to have um, good values like that as well. Anyway, of course. Of course. But, yeah, I'd want to know, I would find it interesting to know if that's, like, what is the idea of how they explain defensive structures and patterns these days? If that's the right way to ask that question. Yeah. Alright. Um, so before we got on to that, I think I might have started talking about... Should I? I might have been started talking about... What happens if... What happens if... The players... When signing up to an NRL contract, understand that their employment is based wholly and entirely amongst the remaining NRL club. So, and then at the same time, you're still employed, but you're employed by the NRL, who own, who's in charge of the, who not necessarily in charge, but they run the competition of the. And under that, that would allow the players and the clubs, and maybe this might be more power to the, to the clubs, but the way the game's going, the players as well, and their player managers or agents, maybe not, maybe it isn't. It could be right. It could just be the players all on their own. You know, whichever way it may be. Um... Yeah, clubs and, and teams can sign a player and they own their rights to the NRL employment for that period of time once they've signed it and then they can sell it on to someone else. You know what I mean? You can sell it on to someone else. Simple as that. Is there anything about the current Australian cricket side that reminds you of the... Australian cricket side that you originally fell in love with? What do you reckon? You know, like, look at that one day side. Maybe I don't watch the Emperor enough. But when I watch them in the Big Bash, I just don't feel like I could be in love with them. I was in love with Shane Wong. I was... I loved Hoggy. Brad Hogg. 
I love watching him play, and I love him playing. I don't necessarily think I have the same. What's the word? Uh, attachment. As I did with yeah, the current playing club. <clears throat> yeah. Of the current playing club, who do I love? Pat Cummins, Mitchell Star, Matt Lawn. Depending on, uh, you know, if you've got Nathan Long, then you've got Josh Hazelwood. I like them, yeah. I do like them. It's a lot easier to fall apart than the pimps, are sure. Surely. It's a... Steve Smith, you got to love it. Be inspired by and encouraged by Steve Smith and his performance, and you know, he's had his dramas throughout his career, his ups and downs, as all the great players do. As all the great players do. But they're just such good cricket players. What makes a good player? Someone who can bat and bowl, someone who can bat, someone who understands the batting aspect of the game. You know what I mean? He's great in the field, actually. David Moore. Mm. <laughs> He's electrifying. Steve Smith. When you talk about that fluidity in defensive sides, he epitomises fluidity. You know, at times it can come across as a little bit unorthodox, but it that expense he still manages to execute. And that's the ability to be able to flow with the shots. You want to feel the shots as, as you think it sounds or seems. You want to feel the shots. Steve's just a great batsman. Just the consistency. You know, I used to have a few friends that would enjoy their weekends. Because most people would get two days, two to three days. They'd get two days, and it'd be Wednesday. It's like batches then. But they wouldn't, you know, they'd start and they wouldn't get going. They wouldn't finish up until, sorry, yeah, we could already start. The consistency of it is what amazed me. It wasn't necessarily the effect that they do that, ever. It was the regularity. And it was impressive. You couldn't knock it. You couldn't knock it. You know what I mean? They knew how to party. And that's the same with Susus Paddock. The consistency of it, the regularity. How often he would score. But 
I just always get scared when it comes to cricket because I feel as though you're just so close to just losing it all. To never scoring again. You're so close to never scoring again. And it scares me. That's why I think I enjoy watching it, is that when they do score big scores and they do turn out good performances, you just think to yourself, oh, I do. That's incredible. Anyway, one thing I want to ask you guys is whenever you say the word G-O-N-E and you explain something, do you say goo? Like a goo? Like a going, going, a goo? Or do you say gone? What? It doesn't even sound right when you say it like that. It's goo. Anyway, get back to me. Let me know what you think. How do you say that? It seems to be there's a little bit of a um, a fiery exchange happening with former Rooster captain and coach and the coach up against the current coach. You keep a cronk. I've noticed coming out and speaking, having a bit more. Doing it for the roosters, speaking about it, and uh, I think Cooper probably the nail on the head. That's exactly how you explain it, explain it, describe those parts. Is your, is they can just they're one game away. But Jared Hayne was one game away of ripping the game apart. Greg Inglis, one game away. Israel Folau never really played bad, did he? Israel Folau never really played bad, you know? He never really played bad. He sort of struggled a little bit when it came to some of the intricacies of rugby. But his just pure ability to be better than you in footy is sustained at the Wallaby level international game. He would have played for a lot of other teams. But they would have, he would have spent a lot more time out, you see. You see, like, is your dad? Well, you know, like, he was the weapon and, like, played on the wing. Played on the wing. He's a player. Ben Smith. Ben Smith. When you think about these other rugby, you just think just, like, Oh yeah, sorry. <clears throat> the slugging match between the State of Origin coach and the Roosters coach over the Charles Mitchell is for the moment. <clears throat> well, I think 
He's got to think what's right for himself. We as a state need to get behind our players and understand that sometimes they need to make decisions for themselves. That will benefit their career and their life and their well-being. You know, and their family. That's the most important part, and it's that the Reese's are keeping him on because at the end of the day, they want to pick him. He can't, the Mitchell can't play against New South Wales. We don't want to lose him, we want him on our team. Not against us, he's ours. If he wants to do whatever he wants to do, that's fine, but we're going to make sure that. We're showing him that we're in for the long haul with him. For him. With him. That's it, with him. Whether he's wearing our colours or not wearing our colours. Because he's such a great... Sight to see. First, family man. What a piece. Whatever he wants to be. Did you see him ever finding himself in a 5 8 for, for a full season? At the start of the season. Three, four games in, maybe for the start, but early on, chuck him in the six jersey, finish the year. And <clears throat> why there? Because he can get the, his hands on the ball a bit more. Because we can see him try and combine, combine uh, or introduce a passing game to his, his ability to hit his play. One inside, play up against a little bit bigger forwards, a little bit less space, a little bit more time to make decisions, a bit more decisions to make. Because as interesting as enough, <laughs> as interesting as enough. Um, I spoke yesterday about what a halfback is, it's the chief playmaker. Why does he have to be second in charge to the playmaker? Why can't the playmakers just provide him with a plateau? You know? And what's more important, him at six and get another set of second and two of those kinds of players? Do you still have him on the field or do you just get him get another good six player? <laughs> have him on the field. Right on guys, I think we'll have to call that a wrap for today. Show, thanks for listening, thanks for making it this far. You know, thanks for listening to Two and a Tackle, the Sports Tragics podcast, where we exchange views.
views, thoughts and ideas about the games we love. You know, we can solve the problems here. But it all starts by you downloading the Anchor app where you can answer my questions, I can answer your questions and together we can solve the problems. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Hope you've had a good day. Have a great day going up or weekend or hope your footy team wins except for South Sydney. And go the Blues. Anyway, peace. We out of here.